what you were saying there about kind of different skill sets, um, but it's still being an advantage sometimes, that ties into the workplace because a lot of the time it's about attitude, isn't it? Hello and welcome to Find Your Force. This podcast is here to help you find your career potential. I'm your host, Hope, and in this season, we're talking all about how sport can help you find your true career calling. Whether you're taking the first or next step in your career, our advice and stories are here to help you find your force. In this episode, we're jumping in to the world of gaming and esports and talking about how it can help you find your career potential. Do you think, had you not played football, you would be as good as you are at your job? You <laughs> said she was good. <laughs> yeah, how about I just do the pedals and you do the wheel? <laughs> well, you need to let go of the pedals oh, first. Oh, that beat you. I'll go for a rest. Hello to all of you. Jake, James, Banksy. There's a few names there. Okay. Okay. Um, how are you? Thank you for joining me today. Norris, thank you. Good morning. Uh, yeah, so I'm James. I uh, work at Odium uh, as an aerospace operations specialist. Fantastic. What do you do? Cool, yeah. I'm, I'm Banksy. I am an intelligence officer by trade. And I'm currently working... Pretty good staff job um, done in London. Finally, Jake. And uh, I'm Jake. Uh, I'm an Aria Fredgeman Gunner. Uh, currently working in the Force Chaser Centre at Aria Honington, working in uh, simulation in our synthetic complex air ground environment. So essentially, gaming is now my job. <laughs> so, first things first, I want to hear from each of you where this passion for gaming initially came from. Let's start with you. So, for me, my dad bought a PS1 probably, probably just as I was born, basically. Um, and I grew up with that, with Colin McRae's rallying, and Ape Escape through time, and just kind of fostered from there, going through all the, as the PlayStations grew, get the newest one, and then here I am doing it with the rough. So you and your father played together? Yes, we did, yeah, back in the day. And I've kind of progressed more and bought more expensive stuff, but he's kind of stayed casual. <laughs> so. And what about you, Banksy? Pretty similar. So again, PS1 was probably the first proper gaming piece of kit that I had at... Um, it was the original Spyro trilogy. That was my entry, entry level. No, well, I was going to say entry level drug, but let's go and let's well say that. Said it now already. <laughs> the other thing I started getting into was so my dad was a kind of like a tech, a tech geek. He does, you know, scissors badge and that sort of stuff now. But roller coaster tycoon, roller tycoon, those sort of like strategy management games, just playing on his laptop like way back and then eventually we had a house computer for the family and it just kind of escalated from there and I've got that so we'll see that a little bit later on and have a go on it as well I feel I feel slightly underwhelmed now because it's not the best rig I've ever made but there we go we'll end with it <laughs> the fact you've got a rig is enough in itself yeah fair yeah <laughs> Jake what about you uh, I'm going to go a little bit more old school and show my age a bit first, the first game I remember playing was actually Batman on the original Game Boy so it was all still black and white. And I remember, I could hear a lot of ooze going around. Ooh, and so, yeah, that, that's sort of my first memory of any form of gaming. I was really, really young. And then obviously moved on to the PS1 where Crash Bandicoot was, uh, was my killer. That bridge level did my head in so many times. Um, and then there was, uh, I think it was like Total, it might have been Total Wipeout, but there was a boat racing game uh, that me and my sister actually played quite a lot, uh, quite a lot at the time. And then for some reason the game went missing and I don't know why. Uh, and then from there, they've like, Moved on to, uh, got the, the first Xbox, um, and then just the Halo from that point onwards, then moved to 360, and then it was even more Halo, and then it just kind of grew from there, and then moved over to PC gaming, 
Still got all the consoles, um, and now I'm with what I've got at the moment. And what you've got at the moment is quite a reputation for being an F1 champion. Yeah, just just a little bit. Um, yeah, so uh, three three time three time champion uh, since we started the season um, on seasons. Uh, so we're coming on to season four uh, beginning in August. Uh, whether or not I'll be racing in that will be a different story. Or I might switch over to the commentary, give someone else a chance. Uh, to we'll see. <laughs> yeah. No, we've got some very good drivers uh, out there, but um, yeah, it's, it's more focusing on the output, the content output for for the uh, esports association. Um, you know, get get us out there and uh, yeah, put everyone else to their faces. Who are you competing against so that com- season? Uh, so, uh, so we're competing against uh, all serving drivers um, from all stations. So we've got guys up in Lost Your Mouth, um, Lucas, Spade, Adam, you, know, you name it, Bryce, Coningsby. So we all literally just jump online in the in our season and uh, roll, roll with it for about seven months. So it's uh, it's not it's not a short season. So it's uh, yeah. So we, we literally race against all certain personnel. We'll touch on it a little bit later, but it's so wonderful to know that you can network and meet different people from different bases Absolutely. through the through esports. So what's the difference between esports and gaming? <laughs> I'll say I'll say this, this this broader answer is gaming is more of a casual aspect, uh, whereas esports you you delve into the competitive side. So those I'd say that's a that's a, that's a, that's a broad answer of it. <laughs> yes. So if you try and if you take like traditional sports and compare the same, you've got sorry, for instance, the military you'd have in your station sport, unit sports. It's just it's fairly casual to say for the the actual sporting element. You know, in some ways, the fitness team building that sort of stuff. That's just gaming. And then if you want to you know, put the, an edge to those skills and start comparing your abilities against another group competitively, then you've got your resource, which is a long-winded way of saying competitive versus casual. James, anything to add? <laughs> exactly what they said. <laughs> That's a cop-out. Exactly. <laughs> okay, tell me more then about how to get involved in esports. When do you, I mean, start being able to compete? Uh, as soon as you're ready, so, okay, and if you are a gamer, you already have those skills with you or you can start gaming and is ca- play casually by yourself or as we've done connect with other people in the RAF all around the UK play together and then there's enough here like we do all thunder yeah we just play casual games Thursday evenings or try and then try and do like good esports with other teams like the army and the Navy. you touched on skills there yeah a big thing that different hobbies can give you are skills that you can take into the workforce what skills has gaming given you that you can take into your daily role well, for, for us, speaking for War Thunder, you know, in the battles you're playing, you, know, you are thinking that there's a you know, tactical way of what, what you can expect in the future. You're not, you're not just planning as, as you are now. We're thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. So in a few minutes, what can I expect? What am I gonna, how am I going to approach the target? I'm going to be left, I'm going to be right. You know, you're, you're thinking ahead. And it gives you that intelligence, I think. Anything to add, Banksy? It's, uh, that's, that's a can of worms, isn't it? So... <laughs> My, my core job right now is actually advocating for those, those skills across defence. So, exactly as you said, you've got your, you've got your tactics, you've got your leadership, you've got your management, you've got your awareness, you've got your technical knowledge. Um, it's through gaming, for example, that I learned most of my military kit. So I used to play like, the predecessor to DCS for all the flying nodes out there. And you know, I knew the air defence systems because I was having fun flying an A-10, engaging them. So I went to an intelligence course and suddenly I knew the kit and I knew its rough capabilities. So it, it, the list is endless. You, you really can. It depends on the game. depends what you're doing. 
But in War Thunder, for example, it is absolutely, it's the tactics, it's communi communication is key. You've got eight people in a competitive match. Who's speaking when? Who's got priority? How did, you've got to gauge, is my message important? Imagine that you know, F1, though, largely is a solo sport. Do you actually get, like, the... Do you get the teams behind the driver at all? Does that happen? Or? So F F1 is sort of... It, it can work in two different ways. So you've got the your in-game engineer that you can tell when you want to pit, what tyres you want to put on, if you want to do wing adjustments and, and all that stuff. But in some competitions that we've already had, we actually have someone on a pit wall. So they'll be in the game, but in a spectator camera. And in, so we can literally just focus on the race... And then they're constantly, they're in your ear, like a natural yep. race engineer would do when they just never shut up, <laughs> is uh, they will constantly be like, right, gap behind 1.2, gap behind 1.3, okay, he's in DRS, and you're like, how, many ba how much battery power has he got? And you're this information you're getting, so then, you know, when, when to deploy your ERS to attack or hold off to defend, where's he deploying it? So there's a lot of backwards and forwards. In. Uh, but say the solo aspect... Again, you've got to start thinking about strategy. So you've got your tyre strategy, so you need to know how far your tyres go before they go off the cliff. Um, you know, when you're going to pit, are you going to undercut, overcut? If you're going to overtake, how are you going to force them into that early defensive move and throw them out? And as well as you're on your MFD and you're constantly flicking your buttons around and then you've got your gears and you go around corners. and stuff. Warfighters are very similar as well. It's like you, you, you have to break up the roles. So in the game, typically I'm looking at kind of the whole group and going, who's doing what? Who's got what responsibility? You've then got the, the game leader who is, yeah, the guy called Roadrunner. He's in there in the, in, the, in the moment going, okay, we've got a gap here. Can someone fill that? Um, our air defense has gone down. We're right, we've got no air cover. Hide, get behind a building. Yeah, we've got an aircraft running and that sort of stuff. James, talk to me a little bit about some of the negative connotations that come with esports and gaming. I mean, screen time is one thing people often concerned about absolutely i think especially like with my parents at least a lot of people have grown up obviously gaming the oh, you're just gonna stick in your room you're not doing anything useful you know well actually you are learning you're not, you're not realizing it i think you are learning some key skills that you will need and then especially for me in banksy i wouldn't have met him all doing this if it wasn't for gaming so i've made some really good friends throughout the air force and networked completely thanks to esports you found your purpose almost <laughs> <laughs> Let's end the episode by hearing a last kind of key bit of advice that you would give our viewers on this episode. Chase? Uh, just don't be afraid to ask questions. When you, when you learn gaming and esports, whether you can ask on the raft, just don't be afraid to ask questions and see what you can learn from it. It's good to be inquisitive, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. If you don't ask, you don't get. Banksy? No matter what force you're going for, don't underestimate yourself. So if you've got the skills to make something happen, no matter where that came from, form education gaming, wherever it is, think about what that means to your employer and justify to them. Last but not least. I would say just don't be afraid. Yeah. If you think you've got the if you think you've got the talent, why not try it out? Go for it. See where you get and then you can only improve from there. Well Jake, Banksy and James, thank you ever so much. I've definitely learned a thing or two in this episode. And thank you for watching or listening. Don't forget to subscribe for more episodes like this one and share with anyone who wants to find their career potential.